Hey there, future friends. This week, we're blue for the first time since 2009. Suburbia may be a lie, and they call us Mr. Tibbs. This is the week of September 23rd, 2022, and you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. my friends welcome i did take a break last week and oddly enough i should have taken the break this week because i had a lot more to do but no one ever said i'm smart so i'm doing an episode anyway it was a lot of fun last night uh, my wife and i went to go see a pulitzer prize winning author uh give a uh, give a talk uh andrew sean greer writer of the prize winning book less was being interviewed by Adam Savage from the Mythbusters. So I was right there in the fifth row, that far away from Adam Savage. And then afterwards, we got our book signed, and he was so nice. I brought all the books I owned by him, which is three more, and he was gracious enough to sign those as well. If you've never read Less, it is a fantastic book, one of my all-time favorites, and I think everyone should give it a try. And tonight, we're going to see a movie that I'm not actually going to talk about on the show because it's only a three-night release, and the night I'm recording this, Wednesday night, Wednesday the 21st, is the final night this movie is playing. It was only a three-night Fathom event, and the movie was called Jeepers Creepers Reborn. And since I knew I wasn't going to talk about it on the show, I decided not to look into it to kind of be surprised, you know, because it's rare that I go to a movie that I'm surprised about. And I'm not sure if it's a prequel, I'm not sure if it's a sequel, I don't know what's going on, but it is in the Jeepers Creepers universe. You know, the first one had Gina Phillips and Justin Long, and number two, which is my preferred movie out of the the trilogy, now Quintet, I guess, or Quartet, is going to be good? Probably not, but my wife is a big fan of the series, so we're going to go see that. My friends, if you're new to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so happy you're giving it a shot. Hopefully you'll like what I do here and you'll stick around. But if not, thank you for trying anyway. I I do really appreciate that. And for all of my return listeners, thank you again. Thank you for coming back time and time again to get all of your movie knowledge right here. Because on this show, I talk about all of the films coming out during the week. I break them up into two categories. The first is the limited releases. Those are any limited releases that have done nothing to catch my eye. Doesn't mean they're necessarily bad, but... I watched the trailer and read about the movie, and I don't really care, so that's why it's put in this section. I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, and maybe I'll give a thought or two about why it's here, but that's it. In the next section, it's the wide releases and interesting indies, and that section is just what it sounds like. Every single wide release, no matter how good or bad it looks, including every major streaming release, and every indie movie that did catch my eye. In this section, I do tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, but then I definitely give you my thoughts on it, and I give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, also known as the Bill Score, which which can go anywhere from a 0 for those awful-looking films to an 11 for those films that kick it up an extra notch. 
Well, my future friends, before we get into the show, I have a question for you. Uh, we used to do a question of the week way back in the day, and I used to get a couple of answers here and there, mainly from friends or some longtime listeners. Uh, but we stopped that, and in, instead of a regular question, I, I just want to ask you something. So let's say a movie comes out, and there's something problematic about one of the people. We have three examples of this this week. We have three examples of a movie coming out, and someone in it has either been straight up canceled, and for a good reason for one of them, someone who is very controversial for some mess up things they've said, and someone who is recently controversial for things that came out about them. Do you still support those movies? Because the argument can be made that you should still watch the movies because other people have worked on this film that don't necessarily agree with this person, that didn't do what they did, that maybe have even spoke out against it. But then is that really something you can give a blanket answer to? So let's say it's the movie with the person that's been canceled for a while and for a really good reason. Should you not see it because the people who made the movie should have known not to cast this person or not to hire this person if it's not an actor, if it's like a producer or something? Should they have known? And since they actively did this, despite this person's bad reputation, should you not see it? And what about the slightly problematic one? Do you see that? Even because that's been known for a while? And the new one, does the fact that it's so new and just recently came out, does that have any sway on that? I know some of you out there wouldn't care. You're just like, oh, it's just a movie. I'll watch that. But for some of us, it matters. It does. Like, should we put our money towards something that this persona non grata worked on? But, you know, that's something everyone has their own answer to. And... While there is no real clear answer to something like that, it is something to keep an eye out on. But let us not waste any more time and jump into the limited releases. We have quite a few this week, so I may go a little faster than normal to keep this show at a reasonable length. So let's talk about Young Plato. This is one of two films getting a New York-only release right now. Will it get a wider release or come to streaming? Maybe. Maybe it will. But we will see. Right now, it's only New York. So Young Plato... An observational documentary set in post-conflict Belfast's Ardoin, Ardoyan, something like that, where a marginalized working-class community has, for generations, been plagued by poverty, drugs, and guns. This film charts the dream of headmaster Kevin McArvey and his dedicated visionary team, illustrating how critical thinking and pastoral care can empower and encourage children to see beyond the boundaries and limitations of their own community. We see how philosophy encourages young boys to question the mythologies of war and violence and sometimes challenge the narratives their parents, peers, and socioeconomic group work would dictate. So this is a documentary, doy, and it seems interesting, it does, but unless you live in New York, and I know I do have some listeners in New York, thank you for that, um, everyone else can skip it because you don't have a chance unless you want to fly to New York to see this random documentary. Next up is a documentary called My Imaginary Country. The final New York-only release this week, protests that explode onto the streets of Chile's capital of Santiago in 2019 as the population demands more democracy and social equality around education, healthcare, and job opportunities. So this is a documentary. Fun. Next up, we have a film called The Justice of Bunny King, a triumph over adversity tale about women fighting their way back from the bottom of society. This stars Essie Davis from The Babadook, and Thomas and McKenzie from Jojo Rabbit. This movie could have been interesting, but the trailer just did it a disservice because 
it sounds like from the premise, it's supposed to be a tale about a woman rising up from the bottom. But it just seems like a person who keeps making terrible mistakes, stupid and illegal mistakes, and then crying that bad stuff is happening to her. I hope that's not what the movie's about, but that's what the trailer showed me. Next up, it's one called Avarice, Limited and maybe VOD. As some of you know, I use a couple different websites to get all of my movies from that are coming out during the week. And one said limited, one said limited and VOD. So I don't know. But Avarice is about a gifted archer who must rescue her husband and daughter after they are abducted during a vicious home invasion. This is no one of note. Next up, we have a film called Dig. A widowed father and his daughter, whose house is up for demolition, are taken hostage by a dangerous couple who won't stop until they retrieve what lies beneath the property. A lot of abductions this week, huh? This stars Emil Hirsch from Into the Wild, Thomas Jane from Deep Blue Sea, and Liana Liberto from Light as a Feather. And Emil Hirsch and Thomas Jane, just like 15, 20 years ago, this would have been a big film because they were pretty big names once. After that, we have a film called The Swearing Jar. It's a rare and miraculous thing to find your one true soulmate. Carrie soon learns that finding two of them can pose an even greater problem. This stars Adelaide Clemens from The Great Gatsby, Douglas Smith from Big Love, Patrick J. Adams from Suits, and Kathleen Turner from Peggy Sue Got Married. After that, we have a film called Give Me Five, or, and I'm going to butcher this, so I'm sorry, Ge Ni Hao. This is a film from China. In order to retrieve the memory of his father suffering from Alzheimer's disease, Zhao Wu returns to his former house to look for clues, but his plan is disrupted by an accident. This could be fun, it really could, but the discrepancy between the synopsis that I just read and the trailer uh, just was a little too much for me, because the trailer makes it look like it's a comedy, like it's a time-traveling comedy, because he puts on this ring and goes back in time to before his parents meet, and hijinks ensue, but the premise sounds really serious. And I know those two things can work hand-in-hand. We've had a lot of movies like that with a kind of serious premise, and it's been a comedy, or at least have had funny moments. But when it comes to a brand new film like this, I'm not so willing to waste my time on it. All right, friends, next up, we have a movie called Catherine Called Birdie. This is a limited release this week, but coming to Amazon Prime on the 7th of October. And to be honest, the week it comes out, I'll probably just do a reminder going, hey, this film's coming out and not fully talk about it because, well, you'll see. So a 14-year-old girl in medieval England navigates through life and avoiding potential suitors her father has in mind. This stars Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones, Billy Piper from Doctor Who, Andrew Scott from Sherlock, Leslie Sharp from The Full Monty, Sophie Okonedo from The Secret Life of Bees, Dean Charles Chapman from 1917, Joe Alwyn from Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, and David Bradley from Harry Potter. So that's a good cast. It sounds interesting. It's based on a YA book, uh, and it's kind of a movie about, you know, sticking it to the patriarchy. Yay, right? But it is written and directed by Lena Dunham. And I decided a long time ago that she's just not worth it. But when it comes to her being canceled, she's in that weird void where she's done some stuff that is worthy of it, but she also does positive things for for women. But some people are just like, no, we don't support her and we don't claim her in the feminist movement. Other people are like, well, she does do a lot of good. So she's in this weird gray area and I just choose not to support her. So even though I do think this movie looks good, I'm just going to pass it up. Next up, we have a movie called Blank. 
A desperate rider signs up for a fully AI-operated retreat to cure her rider's block. But when an unforeseen software glitch occurs, she gets trapped inside her unit with an unstable android and no communication with the outside world. This stars Rachel Shelby from The L Word and Wayne Brady from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Like so many weeks on this show, we have a movie in the limited section that has a lot of promise, that sounds interesting, that sounds unique. But the trailer just didn't do it for me. We have a, a sci-fi horror and... Or at least a sci-fi, or at least a sci-fi thriller, and that's pretty cool. But the trailer just kind of bored me, which is a shame because I would love to see a new, unique idea. Even though I fully love and gobble up anything from Marvel and Disney and all that shit, I love that shit. But I would still love to see a new, a new, unique idea from one of these smaller companies. That'd be great. But this isn't it, friends. Next up, we have a movie called Carmen. This is a limited and video on demand. In a small Mediterranean village, Carmen has looked after her brother, the local priest, for her entire life. But when the church abandons Carmen, she has mistaken for the new priest, and Carmen begins to see the world and herself in a new light. This is a movie from Malta and stars Natasha McElhorn from The Truman Show. If any movie this week in the limited section could have made it into the next, it actually would have been Carmen. I do think this looks interesting. But the kind of movie to watch later when you're like really looking for something new and you stumble upon it on streaming or you're at your local library. And don't forget Canopy is a streaming service. If you have a library card, definitely use that. But it looks like something to accidentally stumble upon and maybe find it charming and good. Not the kind of movie you hunt down. After that, we have a movie called Control. A woman is imprisoned by a mysterious organization intent on testing her latent psychic abilities. This stars Sarah Mitik, Mitik, Mitik from Star Trek Discovery. And if you want to see a movie about a person with powers going ape shit and killing a bunch of people who deserve it, this could be for you. Three movies left, my friends. Three movies in the limited section. And the first one is called The Railway Children Return, a sequel no one asked for. Follow a group of children who are evacuated to a Yorkshire village during the Second World War, where they encounter a young soldier who, like them, is far from home. It's mostly the adults who are known for anything in this film, and so it stars John Bradley from Game of Thrones, Jenny Agutter from Logan's Run, Sheridan Smith from Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps, Tom Courtney from Dr. Zhivago, and Hugh Carshire from Star Wars Episode One. So oddly enough, The Railway Children is a movie from 1970, and someone in the year of our Lord 2022 was like, hey, why don't we remake this? Actually, not remake it, technically a sequel, because this movie has two titles. Some places are just calling it The Railway Children as if it is a remake, but if I guess it does allude to the first one happening in it. And other places are calling it The Railway Children Return. And that's more than you wanted to know about this film, and I am oh so sorry. After that, we have a film called Section 8. After avenging the murder of his family, a former soldier is sprung from prison and recruited by a shadowy government agency. What could possibly go wrong? This stars Stackhouse himself, Ryan Quantin from True Blood, Dermot Mulroney from The Family Stone, a highly overrated Christmas movie if you ask me, Scott Atkins from The Expendables 2, Dolph Lundgren from Universal Soldier, and Mickey Rourke from The Wrestler. So that's not a bad cast, right? I mean, not a lot of them are doing anything big anymore. They're not, none of them are A-listers, but that's not a bad cast. 
But if you want just a basic action film, then 100% check this out. But unfortunately, nothing about the trailer, no matter how interesting the cast is, made me go, yes, I need to see this. It's the basics. We have this guy joins this shadowy government agency and then realizes, oh, they're doing bad things. So then they turn on him and he has to survive and take them out. And you know what? If that's your shit, if that's the kind of stuff you like, no hate to you. Watch it. Love it. And finally, my friends, we have a movie called Bandit. After escaping a Michigan prison, a charming career criminal assumes a new identity in Canada and goes on to rob a record 59 banks and jewelry stores while being hunted by a police task force. This is based on the true story of the flying bandit. This stars Josh Dumel from Transformers, Alicia Cuthbert from 24, Mel Gibson from Conspiracy Theory, and Nestor Carbonell from Lost. So here's another one of the movies I was talking about earlier on. Mel Gibson, why are we giving him roles? It's not like he ever did a believable apology for all the shit he said. So even though it doesn't look bad, and even though I do really like Josh Dumel, uh, I'm 100% going to skip this. Well, my future friends, is it for the limited section. We're going into the wide releases and interesting indies next, so please stay tuned after a break where we hear word from the friends of the show. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're we're doing doing fine. All right, we're back. We are back with the first of the wide releases in Interesting Indies called Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. This is getting a Disney Plus release. Finn's plan to spend summer vacation with his friends Ray, Poe, Rose, Chewie, BB-8, R2-D2, and C-3PO goes wrong when he's separated from the group. This features the voices of Weird Al, Anthony Daniels, Billy D. Williams, Kelly Marie Tran, Yvette Nicole Brown, Thomas Lennon, and more. I think this looks dumb. I do. But I also think it looks fun. I think if I watch this, I will have fun, I will laugh, I will smile, but also I don't feel the need to see this movie. I think this is great, and I say this a lot, I know, but I say it because it's true. There are certain movies that come out that are perfect for a family, perfect if you have young kids, And you want to watch something with them that's age-appropriate, but also isn't going to be, you know, like Baby Shark or... Well, I don't want to say Bluey, because apparently Bluey's not that bad for adults. I guess adults tend to like the show, too. Uh, But, you know, some kids' show that you just, like, have your mind melt out of your ears. This is something like that. Also, if you want to get your kids into Star Wars, this is a good way to do it, is starting them with things like this. With kids' books or kids' movies, start them young on the nerd shit. Exactly. Obviously not a part of canon whatsoever. Obviously just for fun. 
So why not check it out if you're so inclined, but otherwise you, you won't miss out if you skip it. Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie that may be a nationwide release, but I seriously doubt it. And it's called The American Dream and Other Fairy Tales. Abigail Disney looks at America's dysfunctional and unequal economy and asks why the American dream has worked for the wealthy, yet is a nightmare for people born with less. As a way to imagine a more equitable future, Disney uses her family story to explore how this systemic injustice took hold. This is a documentary, and a perfect documentary to follow up the movie we just talked about. So uh, the reason I'm not sure if it's a wide release or not is... Just like with that other movie where I wasn't sure if it was coming out on VOD 2, one of the websites I use said it's a limited release. The other didn't even have this film listed. And to me, that's a big red flag. This does look interesting, though. And it is very interesting that a member of the Disney family is speaking out against what Disney is doing. Because in this trailer, she interviews a bunch of Disney employees or former Disney employees that had to do things like live in their car, couldn't afford health care. And it's like, how is Disney this multi-billion dollar corporation and its workers can't make ends meet, sometimes have to question how they're going to feed themselves, can't keep a roof over their head? And how are we just okay with this? And I think that's a very important question to ask. So even if this wasn't a possibly, although very small possibility, possibly a wide release, I would still probably put this in the the wide releases section because these are questions we have to ask and every time someone asks this question in the trailer we see her speaking in front of the senate or the or the house or some body of government and someone goes oh that's socialism you're talking about it's like shut up shut up why is it every time someone brings up pay equality it's oh that's socialism the american dream and other fairy tales gets a seven out of eleven Next up, we have a movie called On the Come Up, coming to Paramount+. Plus. This story centers on 16-year-old Bree, who wants to be one of the greatest rappers of all time. Facing controversies with an eviction notice staring down her family, Bree doesn't just want to make it, she has to make it. This is based on the popular book by Angie Thomas, who's the author of another book-turned-movie, The Hate You Give. This stars Divine Joy Randall from Only Murders in the Building, Sana Lathan from Love and Basketball, Mike Epps from Next Friday, Method Man from How High, Titus Macon Jr. from The Rookie, and introducing, or relatively introducing, she's been on a little bit, Jamila Gray as Bree. So this has been a movie, or a book, that is. This has been a book that's been on my TB, TBR pile for a while. It's a book written in verse, and I like books written in verses, or verse. Verse is plural of verse, right? Whatever. It's a YA book, so it's great for for young young people as well as yourself because hey guess what there's no age limit on YA books the fact that this is coming out on a streaming service a readily available streaming service is a big bonus it's not a super common one but maybe you know someone who has one uh they don't really do the password check thing knock on wood that they don't start cuz i am borrowing it from a friend so if you have a friend out there that has this maybe borrow their login and check this movie out on the come up gets a 7.5 out of 11. Next up, my friends, a movie called A Jazz Man's Blues. This is a Netflix original. A sweeping tale of forbidden love, A Jazz Man's Blues unspools 40 years of secrets and lies, soundtracked by the juke joint blues in the Deep South. 
This stars Amira Van from How to Get Away with Murder, Austin Scott from Sistas, Ryan Eggold from New Amsterdam, and Joshua Boone as the main person in this film. So we have another movie that doesn't look bad. Uh, it looks really depressing, though, and the premise I actually had to edit a bit because it goes and spoils something that I'm not sure is a spoiler. Because, you know, sometimes a movie will start at the end and then talk about how they got there, and I'm not sure if this is one of those. So I kind of know what's eventually going to happen in this. We basically have a story of a forbidden love. This guy loves this uh, woman. He's a jazz. He's a jazz man. She is seemingly from based on her parents' thoughts, meant for better things, for richer communities. She's meant to be like given away instead of finding true love, that kind of thing. And what could possibly go wrong when he goes after her anyway and they try to run away? Nothing. Nothing goes wrong. It all ends happy. You know, don't need to watch this. Just walk away. It's fine. It's a familiar story, but that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't have to be told again. But as a movie, it looked okay. It didn't really grab my attention. It looks like something that you can hold on to for one day if you really are in dire straits for something new to watch. But as, as of right now, I'm going to say A Jazzman's Blues gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have four movies left and... The next one is called Sydney. This is getting a limited theatrical release as well as an Apple TV Plus release. This follows the real-life story of Sydney Poitier, the Oscar winner from 1964. So this is a documentary all about Sydney Poitier, and if you've ever seen a movie of his, who hasn't seen In the Heat of the Night? And if you haven't, rectify that right now. It's a fantastic film. They do, in fact, call him Mr. Tibbs. This is a documentary about him. He just passed away earlier this year in January, and he had a wonderful career. He didn't do a million things, but what he did was really good. And one of my favorite movies of his was one later in his career from the 90s called Sneakers with Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, of course, Dan Aykroyd, F. Marie, F. Marie Abraham, no, Ben Kingsley, River Phoenix, Mary McDonald, David Strathairn. Great cast in a fun movie. But this film talks about how he came to America and was wanted to work as an actor and how a lot of the roles for black men at the time were really subservient kind of goofy roles playing opposite like white men. And he just kind of said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I won't. And he became one of the most iconic, iconic actors ever. I really want to watch this. Uh, we do know in, in my house we do know someone who has apple tv plus so i might even try to borrow their login for this sydney gets a nine out of 11. next up we have a movie called lou this is a netflix original film the final netflix film of the week a storm rages a young girl is kidnapped her mother teams up with the mysterious woman next door to pursue the kidnapper a journey that tests their limits and exposes shocking secrets from their past this stars allison janney from hairspray Journey Smollett from Birds of Prey, Logan Marshall Green from Devil, and Marcy T. House from The Devil in Ohio. So this movie gives us what I love to call the Taken effect, where we have an actor who's a little older, was pretty big once, and isn't not big per se, but doesn't have the pop they used to, and puts them in a badass role where they just kick ass, and this is that role for Allison Janney. She plays this older woman who has a hell of a past and this girl gets kidnapped and she helps track the person down who did it 
and is going to kill a ton of people along the way, and I am 100% here for that. And what I also like is I like these side characters too. I like Journey Smollett. I think she's good. I think that she's going to do a great job in this movie, and I think it is well worth your time to watch. It doesn't look particularly memorable per se, but it looks like something you can watch and enjoy, and maybe bring back out every once in a while. But for now, check this out, and it's coming to Netflix this week. Lou. It's a 7.5 out of 11. All right, folks, two movies left, and the last movie that's not the pick of the week is called Avatar. This is a nationwide release about a paraplegic marine dispatched to the moon Pandora on a unique mission becomes torn between following his orders and protecting the world he feels is his home. This stars Sam Worthington from Clash of the Titans, Zoe Saldana from Star Trek, Sigourney Weaver from Ghostbusters, Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe, Michelle Rodriguez from The Fast and the Furious, Giovanni Ribisi from Boiler Room, CCH Pounder from The Shield, and Wes Studi from Mystery Men. Look, I'm not going to talk long about this film at all. It's Avatar. You've probably seen it already, and if you haven't, if you've never seen it in theaters, this is your chance. It could even get you pumped to see the new one coming out later this year. As you may know if you've listened to the show before, I am very hesitant about the new Avatar movies. Because what if James Cameron, what if the the companies behind it can't get enough hype behind it and this supposed six, seven movie series that he's planning just falls flat? That is definitely, definitely a possibility with this. But hey, at least the first Avatar is a good standalone film. So if you haven't seen the original yet, now is your chance. And I'm going to give it a score of seven out of 11, I think. I really, really loved it in the theaters. I saw it three times, I think, two or three times, which for me is a big deal. Since, you know, I love to watch movies or, or new movies all the time. I rarely re-watch them in theaters, but that was one I did. So you know what? Check it out. And finally, this week is the pick of the week. And it's oddly enough, the other one that the final movie that's a little questionable because of something problematic that happened and it's called don't worry, darling. A 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. So this movie has had a little bit of controversy behind it. I just went down a Twitter thread about it, and I don't want to get into the whole thing, but supposedly what happened, and it seems like more and more proof is coming out of this, that originally instead of hiring Harry Styles, it was Shia LaBeouf who was supposed to play the lead guy. Shia LaBeouf, as some of you may know, has some controversy around him about being really creepy with women on the set of movies and actually is currently being sued by his ex for allegations of abuse. So Florence Pugh said, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. And supposedly Olivia Wilde says, yeah, I got you. We'll take care of this. Fires him, gets Harry Styles in and all's good, right? Yeah, great. Perfect. No, everything is not good. Supposedly, she tried to, Olivia Wilde tried to keep Shia LaBeouf on, saying basically that Florence Pugh was overreacting, and then went and lied about it in an interview saying, oh yeah, we, we protect our women, we do this, yeah, so I fired him, and Shia LaBeouf came out saying, no, actually you didn't, I quit. That's not what happened. Here, here's actually a video you sent me trying to keep me. And so none of this is looking good for Olivia Wilde, which is very unfortunate because I liked her quite a bit. And I was really looking forward to this movie that she is directing, as well as starring in. And I think this has kind of helped me put together my own view on 
when to skip a movie, when not to, because the the Mel Gibson movie, obviously they should have known he is a toxic person. And it might be a little different if he did the full apology, a believable apology, and then did the rounds showing that he's changed. Maybe then, but he didn't, and 100% step away from that. Lena Dunham up in the air. So I think that one's more of a your own personal preference, but this one, I think it's a little more okay to see the film because also we have to support Florence Pugh being fucking awesome. Everything I've heard about this film so far is that she is great in it, and I expect nothing less from Florence Pugh. I still think that this looks great, and you know what? By the way, if you want to see something hilarious, check out the pictures of Chris Pine 100% checking out at all of these press conferences. It's look like, it looks like he is not there mentally. And I wonder if it has anything to do with the drama behind the scenes and all that shit going on, but he just does, it looks like he doesn't want to be there and you could tell. And you know what? If I could be recording the new Star Trek right now or filming the new Star Trek right now, I too would want to be anywhere else. You can find a bunch of videos online of Florence Pugh in an event just pretending she does not know Olivia Wilde. This is this is something. This is something to pay attention to, especially for the future of if you want to support her movies or not. But as of right now, I don't think that it's enough to like boycott the film, especially because the supposed, and I'm using all these words supposed and presumably just to cover my ass, but the supposed victim in all this is, you know, still promoting the film. I mean, she doesn't show up to all of the events, I guess, as a way to kind of snub Olivia Wilde, but if Florence Pugh tells me to see the movie, I'm going to see the movie. So let's actually talk about the film a bit before we wrap up. It looks good. It looks like this. We have this film where we have Florence Pugh playing this housewife and her husband works at this company, kind of secretive company, but everything is great. They have a beautiful house. They have everything they need, but something is wrong. And it seems like she's the only one who notices it. And slowly she starts going mad. And the fact that she's going mad does have to do with the fact that she's the only one seeing this shit? Or is it part of the problem? Is it just a symptom of what's going on? And she's a woman in the 1950s trying to go against the head of this big secretive company. What choice does she have? What hope does she have? Some serious Stepford Wife vibes going on here. And I like it. We have Harry Styles as her husband. We have uh, the others in it as members of the community and Chris Pine as the head of the company. I, I want to see this. I think this looks really good. And I just hope Olivia Wilde pulls her head out of her ass so we can support future endeavors of her because she, she is good. She is a good actress. She makes good movies. I want to see more of them, but if this is the type of person she is, I'm not sure if I want to support that. Don't worry, darling. Gets a nine out of 11. Well, my future friends, that's it for this episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back next week, hopefully. I don't see a reason I shouldn't be back next week. But you know, every once in a while, you need a break. You need a mental health week. But I'll be back next week to tell you about more of the movies that you need to know about. So as always, please share the show with your friends. That is how we grow. Please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to rate a podcast on Spotify, if you click on the actual podcast instead of a singular episode, like on the on the logo, it'll take you to the podcast's page on Spotify. And under the name of the show, you should see a star. That is how you can rate it. I would love five stars, please. But as always, thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world that anyone wants to hear what I have to say. Be sure to check out the good friends of the show. 
And without further ado, I'm going to send you along your way. So my future friends, no matter what your week has in store, no matter where life takes you, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.